Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand. From the Gert Boyle studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Jen Chavez. Celilo Falls once flowed and roared on the Columbia River, and in its full glory was the center of a vital salmon fishery and trading community for Yakima and Warm Springs tribal people. But the falls were flooded in 1957 when the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers finished building the Dalles Dam, changing the river and people's lives forever. Warm Springs tribal elder Linda Mianis was raised by her grandparents in nearby Celilo Village. All these years later, she's written a new book for young readers called My Name is Lamush, about life in Celilo Falls and the legacy of her grandmother, Flora. It was published by OSU Press in collaboration with Confluence and historian Katie Barber. I am so honored to be joined today by Linda Mianis to talk more about her book. Linda, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I enjoy doing this. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you with us. So first, why did you decide you wanted to write this book about your life story? Well, I thought it was very important to write about it because with uh, the other two books, uh, come to our salmon feast and lend us Indian home. I just thought, well, Grandma always felt we always need to continue writing or, you know, continue our way of life before it's gone. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was important that, you know, being a grandmother, I felt I need to continue on with the stories. And I thought maybe writing a book would be one of them because I know the kids nowadays are hungry to learn about our history, so I would want to feed it to them. Yeah. Well, so a minute ago, I introduced you as Linda, but the title of this book is a reference to your native name, which is Lamush. How did you get this name, and what does it mean to you? Well, you know, when in our culture, I think most cultures, you know, we're uh, it's required to have an Indian name because mm-hmm. when people, for me, I had third stage colon cancer as a survivor, mm-hmm. and so my my family felt I wasn't going to make it. So in in the way we do, we give Indian names what we were born with. And we can't reach the gates of heaven without our Indian name. So that's just the way it is, is we have our Indian names and not our English names. Yeah, and what does um, what does your name mean? Lamush, uh, my great-grandmother Flora said it meant little flower that flows against the river. So I thought it was an appropriate appropriate name to use. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, So, you know, you dedicated this book to your grandmother, Flora Thompson. She raised you and she played a huge role in your connection with your tribal culture. What are some of the most important lessons that she taught you? Well, she always taught me that, you know, being grateful Mm. and pray every day. You know, keep Keep busy so you don't get bored. And she always felt that education was very important. So I became educated because my great-grandfather, Tommy, he never had education, and grandmother only had third grade. And But I don't think we want to go there with what, what she went through, you know. Um, but... She felt it, that education wasn't very important because nowadays you have to have to have education to get a good job and you know 
So I felt okay. So I am, I'm here with a, I'm a graduate from Portland State University with a BA. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and not only are you, uh, are you educated, but you're also educating now. Well, I felt it was important because yeah. a lot of our people do not want to move off the reservation. And sometimes you have to take that risk to be, you know, I just wanted to share my life with people to say, hey, we've been through so much already. We just need to change the tra traumatic life, the historical, the generational, intergenerational to resilience. Yeah. Yeah. That really, really comes through in your book here. And your grandparents raised you in Celilo Village near the falls before Celilo Falls was flooded. And you wrote very beautifully in your book about what it was like to be in that place near the falls. Could you read some of it for us? Sure. At Salala Falls, the energy of the water was really powerful. I could just feel the mist in my face, even if I stood far away. The falls had a roar that was so loud you could hear it from miles and miles away. Even in the next town over, the Dalles. You could hear it. If you ever heard Multnomah Falls, it was ten times louder than that. It was an echo that you could feel in your heart. That feeling of the powerful sound feels like the truth of our way of life. I was little, but I could still imagine the strength of that water. And the smell of the falls, you could smell the salmon, the saltiness of it. It smelled so fresh. There was about the smell, the smell of salmon cooking. It was beautiful. That's the way it was for me. I loved it even though I had to follow rules called protocol. I was also not allowed to be down by the river alone because I was so young. Grandpa would get everybody up at 4.30 in the morning. The women would prepare lunch and the men like my dad and my uncles and grandpa would go out on the river with their nets to fish for the day. I would see all of them down there catching fish the salmon were too big to had to fight to get food. I think it didn't bother the men to be on the scaffolds. Those are wooden platforms they built just above the water. I think for them, just to get the salmon was a fight in itself. All day long, they would fish. My grandfather would pray to the river and to the creator for the salmon to feed the people. Salmon is a gift from the creator. Salmon provides its body itself to us for our nourishment. We need to cherish that. Everything needs water. Our bodies are full of water. He used to get a cup and dip into the Columbia River and drink it. That's how clean our water was in those days. He taught us that if we take care of the river, it takes care of us. We have a relationship with the river, a connection. It's a connection between us and water and Mother Earth. Water has its own intelligence. It flows wherever it wants. It does what it wants. It's like they say, water is life. That's Linda Mianis reading a passage from her book, My Name is Lamush. Thank you, Linda. And so you speak here, you write here about your grandfather, Tommy Thompson, and he was the salmon chief at Celilo Falls. Salmon, you can tell in, in this passage, was such an important part of life there. What do you remember about the traditions around salmon growing up there and the, the power of that connection that you wrote about in that passage? 
Well, for for our people, it was more of a survival. Mm-hmm. It was a our sustenance. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't in those days. We didn't have money. We just traded because they considered Salilo as a um, trading place of the Northwest. They considered uh, Niagara Falls of the Northwest, and it was a big place to trade. You know, mm-hmm. barter. You know, we traded salmon for other tribes. You know, for uh, beads and material, uh, other foods. We had people come from even uh, Australia and New Zealand just to see the falls and see the salmon, the fishermen fishing. And so it was just part of who we were. Yeah, and you... Grew up, you spend your early years um, living in Salilo Village with your grandparents, Flora and Tommy Thompson. What are your favorite, what are some of your favorite memories um, as of life as a child there? Well, it was very important to know, you know, they would take time for us to learn. They'd have us sit down and, you know, sit at the table while would, they would share stories and legends to the to the village kids we would sit there be doing making necklaces and stuff you know teaching us how to do beadwork mm. and men would teach the boys about making gill nets and you know making other things like drums and stuff you know trying to teach our kids about what we should be doing now yeah um, and you know, you mentioned we've we've been talking about salmon, and and one of the things you do in this book, you introduce young readers to the term first foods, and you write about what we're talking about: learning from your grandmother how to harvest and preserve first foods like salmon, roots, and berries. Why is it important to you to share so much about um, your first foods and food traditions? Well, the way the world is going now, it's about um, we preserve our foods. <clears throat> so for wintertime, we, we, a lot of our elders and our people can't make it to the store. So we have uh, our traditional foods, our, our salmon, our deer meat. We have lamprey as well. And we have... A variety of different kinds of roots. I think we have ten kinds of roots, but we only acknowledge seven. And we have our choke cherries and our huckleberries. So those are the foods that are very healthy. Um, I share our traditional foods with um, people because they're healthy. Mm. I share the nourishment of Hawaii. They're important because they come from Mother Earth. Yeah. And so everything that we get from our traditional foods has come from Mother Earth. So we give thanks to them because without our foods, we wouldn't be here. And so, like it, I explained, it takes care of us. We take we take care of them. It takes care of us in a good way, yeah. healthy way. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with Warm Springs tribal elder Linda Mianis about her new book, My Name is Lamush. It tells the story of her life growing up near Salilo Falls on the Columbia River. So, Linda, Salilo Falls was flooded by the construction of the Dalles Dam in 1957, and it really changed the way of life for a lot of people. At the time, how did your grandparents and other tribal elders in the community oppose the building of that dam? 
Well, they didn't want to have the dam. They just wanted our salmon because it was a nourishing, you know, it was what we lived for. You know, even though the dam is still there, uh, we still fish. Mm-hmm. It helps pay the bills. What what salmon we they we can get because we used to have a lot a lot of salmon back in the days, you know. But now the salmon it depends, you know. If they could modify the dams, maybe we'd have more salmon. Yeah, you know, there's a really powerful photograph in the book of you and your grandparents standing near the falls wearing tribal regalia, and it's now a famous photograph. Can you describe the day it was taken and why your grandmother <laughs> felt it was important for you to be well, there? Well, at that time, um, back in those days, uh, I was over in Catholic school and Lake Oswego Christie School. And Grandma felt it was important for me to be there to take the picture overlooking Salila before they destruct, you know, before they inundated it. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to share what we look like before all that. So they had our pictures taken, and some of the pictures have made me, um, like one with my hands by my mouth, that's the one is supposed to be famous for, is because there was a dog there that oh. I wanted to have a picture taken, but it wasn't our dog. So Grandma says, no, that's not our dog, so... We have a, you know, so I was pouting and had my hands and they snapped that picture. <laughs> so, but it was just something she wanted to share that this is what we look like before they took our, our, you know, our falls away. But the, I'm happy though, the falls are still there. Yeah. I mean, they shifted mm-hmm. like everything else is shifting. So, yeah. And another memory you share in the book is how when you graduated from high school at the Riverside Indian Boarding School in Oklahoma, your grandmother surprised you with a visit all the way from Oregon. What was that experience like, and uh, what did it mean to you that she was there? Well, it was an honor. I mean, she unexpectedly surprised me coming to Anadarka, Oklahoma for my graduation. Um she was. She surprised me with uh, showing up there because I was like partying with my classmates, <laughs> and, and this guy come over where we were partying. He said, "There's a little old lady sitting in your cottage, with long hair, with a wing dress and moccasins on, and a hanky, and she's got a cane, and she's from Warm Springs." I said, "That sounds like my grandma." He says, I think she's your grandma because she's sitting at your village. And so when I went to go see her, I said, what are you doing here? She said, I come for your graduation. Oh, so she had me go to my room and go lay down a while and go shower up and, you know. And then after that, um, she surprised my classmates. What she did and surprised me was she gave every student... A hundred dollars. Wow. You know, that was from fishing. Mm. I was wondering where she got the money, but she said from fishing. She saved a lot of her money for to come down for my graduation and took them took us to six flags. <laughs> that I was like, Oh, fun. that's crazy girl. She says, Well, she always considered anybody that was a friend of mine was 
her her granddaughter too. So she considered everybody like family that I associated with. How do you think your grandmother Flora would feel about this book that you wrote and dedicated it to you her? You know, I think she'd be very happy about it because she, you know, she always encouraged me to do things from the heart. Mm. You know, speak from the heart, tell the truth from the heart, things we do. Yeah. yeah, and I think she'd be. I think she's probably proud of me in this in her spirit. You know, so yeah, yeah I th- I think so too. Um, so you wrote this book for young readers, and you often visit with young students um, in schools to talk about your experiences. And one thing I noticed in this book you wrote that your father once said to you, "You'll always be a teacher like your grandma." What teachings do you hope young people take away from your book? Well, I always feel like, you know, just be who you are. Just be proud of where you come from, you know. And I always felt like they always want to know. They always want to learn. And so my grandkids always want to know. They want to learn about who we are. And I always want to share, you know, my experience of wanting to learn. And so when they're hungry for that, you got to feed them, feed them what, what you have, you know. Yeah, and you also write in your book um, that every day you learn something new. What are some of the things that you are still learning today? Well, I've learned to be more grateful. I've learned to live life, you know, learn to live life every day no matter what's thrown at you, you know. And with everything that's been going on, I'm I'm happy to be here, you know, Mm -hmm. and I want to give my grandkids a better life than what we've been through. So hopefully they will learn to be like Grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I just want to ask, lastly, do you have any advice for other Indigenous people who might be thinking about how to share their stories or traditions with younger generations? Don't be afraid to speak your mind, speak from the heart. Yeah. Share your stories, you know, even though it may hurt, but, you know, that hurt goes away after a while. Well, Linda Mianis, thank you so, so much for being here today, and congratulations on your new book. Thank you for having me, and thank you so much. yeah, I'm. I'm just surprised all the hard work that we, that goes with this book. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I've been talking with Warm Springs Tribal Elder Linda Mianis, who's author of the new book. My name is Lamush. <laughs>